It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 6.07 at 95.5 WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves alongside Ashley Frasca. Hey there. Hey there. We're here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your landscape, inside, outside, with houseplants, with bug control, with animal control, with tree care, with lawn care, with anything you want to do. We have answers if you have questions. That's the deal. You ask questions, we give answers. 404-872-0750 is the number. 404-872-0750. Get your answers right here. Yeah. Well, here is an answer that I will uh, see. How can I? The answer is <laughs> getting ahead of the question. <laughs> the answer is no problem. Okay. So, what's the question? Has it, has it been cold enough for yes. peach trees to good, do their thing? You are so good. That's exactly right. Yeah. A guy emailed me earlier this week and said, you know, I'm thinking about pruning my peaches, but I'm worried a little bit about chill hours. You know what chill hours are? That peaches and a lot of other fruits, too, but mostly peaches in Georgia, we worry about that lots of other fruits, and peaches in particular, have to have a certain number of days below 45 degrees in the wintertime before they can bloom and do well the next year. And so we worry about counting the number of chill hours. Now, you don't count them. I don't count them because we don't really care for our health. It doesn't matter if we bloom or not. But for a peach orchard owner, somebody else who owns a single peach tree, if you don't get up to around 800 hours below 45 degrees, then the peaches won't bloom. So I 800 hours? That's yeah, a lot. It's a lot. It seems like a lot. But fortunately, there is a place online, georgiaweather.net, georgiaweather.net. It has, I don't know, 50, 80, something like, like that, weather stations around the state. They're everywhere in the state, North Georgia, South Georgia, everywhere around Atlanta, everywhere. And you can go on this georgiaweather.net website and find out what the temperature is in the soil, what the temperature is in the air, where the wind is blowing, and most importantly, how many chill hours we have accumulated for every, every one of these weather stations around the state. So I looked up the one. This guy said he lived in um, Roswell. They don't have a station in Roswell. So they have one in Dunwoody, which is right next door. And so I looked to see, and the cold weather that we had back in November, December, was fortunately enough to put us up to 731 chill hours. When does the calendar year start, though, based on how you're counting? It you didn't know? start with the calendar year, obviously. It starts yeah. back, I think, it's October okay. after the peach tree is normally dormant. So normally after the leaves fall off the peach tree, they start counting after that. Okay. So 731 hours, all it takes is a couple of, you know, a couple more days, we get to 800. And peaches need... Between 800 and 900, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, some sort of different varieties. And so different peaches require different numbers of chill hours. But this guy, I think, can't remember the variety he had, but he was fine. Within the next couple of weeks, he'll exceed the number of chill hours that they need. So he'll have peaches. He'll be fine. No problem. Now, different question. Let's if I give you the answer for this. <laughs> uh, two minutes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's a peach, peach question, and you wouldn't know to ask the question, but the guy said, the guy was asking me, another different person, he said, how long do you have to wait after you plant a peach tree 
to prune it. Oh, funny. I said, two minutes is about right. Most of the good peach growers in Georgia, the minute or two minutes after they plant a tree, they'll prune it right at belt level. Actually, that seems pretty severe. That seems like, oh, man, he's cutting off the whole tree, cut a half tree, easy. Why do you prune it at belt level? And the reason is because you want a peach tree to grow so that the limbs grow outward for a while and then upward for a while. And if you have a tall, straight whip of a peach tree that's six, seven feet tall, the limbs won't grow that way. They'll grow along the trunk and they'll grow outward from the trunk. And if you don't have an open center on a peach tree, it doesn't produce as many peaches. And the way you make it have an open center is you prune it at three feet high, around belt, belt loop level, and let the limbs grow outward for a couple of feet, and then they grow upward for a couple of feet, and then you have one that looks like a, a wine glass. Mm-hmm. And that is what you're looking for on a peach tree. A peach tree should look like a wine glass when it's growing, and when you finish pruning, that's exactly what it should look like. Third question, or third answer, I should say, with no question implied here. And again, it's no problem. What's the question? I pruned my muscadine grapes yesterday, and they're oh. bleeding like crazy. The sap is dripping off the ends of the braces where I cut. What am I going to do? They're going to bleed to death. That's a natural reaction. Natural I think thing. that's fine. No problem. That happens when you have warm weather, and a plant has a lot of sap moving up and down in the stem. So peaches, not peaches, but uh, muscadines, um, maple trees, river birch trees, lots of different trees, dogwood trees, for instance. Any of them that you prune now, when you have a few few days of warm weather, they will bleed like crazy. When it gets cold again, they'll stop bleeding when you prune them. But right now, when it's warm, they do. So what were our answers today? No problem, or no, I guess, was the first one. Two minutes was the second one, and no problem was the third. You started the show off with good news. started the show off with new, no, good things, whatever I talked about. If you have a question about peaches or muscadines or anything else, 404-872-0750. And before we jump to calls, I do think we have a traffic red alert we want to update folks on. This is a traffic red alert. From 95.5 WSB. That's right, 613 in the Cool Ray Carrier WSB 24-hour. Traffic Center taking a live look at the jam cam. A red alert continues on Georgia 400 northbound, just north of I-85, making your way into Buckhead. A crash and crash investigation has all lanes shut down. Now, you can use Piedmont Road, Peachtree Road, which turns into Roswell Road, or Lennox Road as alternates to get around this. But once again, all lanes remain shut down. This is Georgia 400 northbound, just north of I-85. Use Lennox Road, Piedmont Road, or Peachtree Road as alternates. More minutes on 95.5 WSB. Mike Shields and the traffic team keeping you safe throughout the week and throughout the weekend as well. We go to the phones on the lawn and garden. Our first call this morning from our friend Nicole down in Griffin, Georgia. Good morning, Nicole. Mr. Reeve. Mr. Cole, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Ashley. Hey. Um, so where's the best place in the United States to grow peaches? It's not Georgia. That's unfortunate because we're known as the peach state because at one time we were a leading producer. Maybe I don't know if we were ever the champion producer of of peaches, but California can grow great in California. South Carolina even makes great peaches there. Because of the soil? I think it's more the, partly the soil, partly the weather. For California, certainly it's the weather. Um, some of it's disease that our peach trees have been here for so long that have sort of a, a burden of disease and insects and things in the soil already. So California, I think, is way ahead of Georgia in producing peaches. 
When when I go to uh, Florida, I see them in springtime in Fort Valley. Mm-hmm. I always start because it's the ocean ocean floor. Well, it used to be right. ocean, ocean floor. That used to be the ocean floor yeah. in Fort Valley. That whole line. What is it, Nicole? Between Columbus to Fort Valley to Macon to Augusta. The fall line, the place where the ocean floor used to be, and that's real good peach growing soil because it's sort of sandy, loose, even so the, the roots can penetrate real nicely. Yeah, the fall line near Fort Valley. Yeah, because this clay is, uh, it can be a test, Mr. Reef, this oh, yeah. clay, if we don't uh, work on our soil every year. It just, when it rains like this, it just looks like a brick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you, if you work it. If you plow it or dig it or anything like that, when it's wet, yeah, it does dry up and become like a brick. I think if you left it alone, it's less brick-like than if you just don't do anything to it. Um, I went to uh, the farmer market, Mr. Reeves, for three weeks looking for my red cabbage because when I saw it, I said, God, I have them. (laughs) Then I go and saw Georgia at night. I don't see where are the red cabbage. Why is the green cabbage down there, don't they? Oh, it's it's done with the green. There's uh-huh. none in the field, but the red are still there. Oh, 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 oh! And I was thinking maybe because I couldn't see them at night, and I was thinking maybe they send it to the Chinese people because they love to have green cabbage uh-huh. in their egg roll. So <laughs> I said maybe maybe that's roll, why. Sure. Maybe that's why. When I came back, it was daytime, and I said, no, they are still in the field. Uh-huh. I don't know, really, Nicole, why, you know, there's variations in varieties, I guess, when they're harvested and maybe when the demand from the market, too, because cabbage can stay in the field for a week easily and not deteriorate. When it's cold weather, they don't rot, they don't do anything bad being in the field as they would in a, in a storage shed either. And so they may just, just wait for the market to be better for the cabbages. I don't know. Maybe that's why. But, Mr. Reef, when I, when I buy uh, uh, green cabbage, yeah. The rest of it, I read the, the green leaf, but the rest of it, I put it in the soil. And the crown on the knee grows some uh, roots back. And I said, yo! <laughs> because if two times you go back and the, cra- and the cabbage uh, turn out to be green, and on the knee, uh-huh. it grows some, some roots. And I said, good. Do you see the powerful um, of the cabbage, I think? Yeah, the urge to live, the urge to grow, the urge to put roots down. Even though it was chopped off in the field, it still wants to root down again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just that's why it's so good for you, but well, not everybody loves cabbage. Not everybody loves it. There was one time there was a diet, Nicole. There was a diet known as the cabbage diet. It was also colloquially known by wives as the cover lifter diet, the quilt lifter diet, because the men who were on this diet tended to, well, lift the quilts at night. <laughs> So don't be going doing the cabbage diet. That's not a good one. I think we'll all avoid that. Nicole, I gotta get out of here, but it's wonderful to talk to you again this Saturday. I'll see you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. It is six eighteen. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix It this morning on ninety five point five WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's morning news. Here's Walter. Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving. <laughs>
just speaking at the beginning of the show in that last segment about peach trees and your peaches need enough chill hours. I think this week may go ahead and help us rack up those 800 hours. The cold is here, folks. We enjoyed spring-like temperatures long enough. Maybe a stray morning shower today and a light afternoon shower. Highs in the mid-50s, lows around 36 in metro Atlanta. Tomorrow, sunny and breezy. Highs only reaching the mid-40s, lows around 27. So that's definitely when you're going to want to bring the plants Back inside, if you haven't yeah. already, Kirk Mellish's complete forecast comes up in 10 minutes, sponsored by Finley Roofing here on 95.5 WSB. In the next half hour, John in Covington has a question about his topsoil. Pat in Buford has a phototron. He wants to know, can he use this to grow vegetables in the winter? I definitely want to talk to Pat. Tom has a dwarf will that doesn't do too good. And Marion has a question about seed quality. But Darlene in Marietta is our first caller this morning. Hey, Darlene, well, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hey, Darlene. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Come back to the phone, Darlene. Where are you? Oh, I'm from Marietta. I'm talking on Alexa. Oh. Oh, wow. Cool. Can you hear me? Yeah, re- real well. Thank you. I've never done oh, it, Darlene. To... Hello, can you hear me? Now we can. Okay. I just called. I heard. Is that true? I'm retiring. It is true. I'm retiring as of next Saturday morning. Uh. No, don't cry, Ashley. Darlene, I will be gone next Saturday morning as the full-time host of this show. Ashley will take over. I'll be the part-time occasional guest to come to the show. Oh, that's good. We'll still hear you then. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. I can't get away from it. Good Lord. I'll still do and, the um, newspaper columns, to the website, all that stuff. Okay, and another question I had. Uh, what happened to uh, Herman Cain? Is he coming back to the station? Herman stepped back from radio a little bit to do some other ventures and things, so we still have a commentary from him every weekday right before noon. He still participates in the station, you know, with some of our advertisers and does his uh, daily commentary. So, yeah, I mean, we we don't let people go around here. Like, they are still part of the family and part of the fabric of the station. So, same with Walter. You will hear him guaranteed every week on the new show going forward. How about about, um, Shelly Winter? When is he coming back on the air? Yeah, Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. He he just fills in occasionally. So thank you so much for being a an awesome listener and knowing, you know, the talent and the lineup of WSB, Darlene. We so appreciate that. And I'm sorry you heard the news and had to verify it with yeah, Walter. That, yes, it's he's true. retiring. It is so true. But we're still going to have him around. Yeah, I'll still be here. I promise. I promise I'll come in one day. I'll come through the door. You'll say, who exactly are you? What's your ID number here? (laughs) One day, before you think about it, I'll be gone. It's 628. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 636 at 95.5 WSB. I'm Walter Reeves. Ashley Frasca is here this morning, just bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to answer garden questions. You got a question, we got an answer. 404-872-0750. Pat is in Buford and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Morning, Pat. Good morning, Walter. And let me say, first of all, a huge congratulations to you on your upcoming and well-deserved retirement and also to Ashley Frasca, who's got a great personality and the best laugh of anybody on radio. Oh, thanks, Pat. (laughs) 
Look, my question to you, Walter, is this. Several years ago, I met up with you at, at one of your uh, uh, remote locations with some pictures of my Phototron. Yeah. And you gave me, uh, you said to try, you know, rosemary or thyme or something like that. And it, and it did fine until my 18 to 24 hour a day work day got in the way. And, and, and it just kind of like, you know, it, it got shoved to the back of the basement. Now that I'm retired, I have plenty of time. And I'd like to ask you, is there any type of, of, of vegetable, you know, like a pepper plant or a tomato plant that would do well in a phototron? Keeping in mind that it only has about three inches of depth, and it's about 15 inches wide and 30 inches tall. Why don't you describe for the audience what a phototron is, Pat? Okay. A phototron is a device about the size of a, uh, of a garbage can that was used back in the day for uh, younger people to grow different types of herbs. Dance around the word there. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that that but but they were advertised to grow fancy flowers for your girlfriend or mm-hmm. or this or that and they were available in a lot of your uh, uh, like Mother Jones uh, magazines I think Playboy magazine used to sell them I mean you didn't see them on a store shelf yeah. anywhere there was gotcha. a mail order type thing but they have uh, they have grow lights in them they have three lights and the, the three or four sides of them are all mirrored so all your light on them from the inside is mirrored back and forth. And really, I mean, and you can you can put it on a timer to give it, you know, 12 hours of light or 18 or 24 hours uh, of, of light. You just have to keep up watering whatever is in there religiously. So the lights, the lights that are part of this phototron, are they pretty well known for simulating natural UV light? Yes, okay. yeah, they they are. They're your typical grow lights, Good. and they're shaped kind of like a like a horseshoe. And I don't know if you could even buy them anymore if one burned out. But they start at the bottom, they go up to the top, and they curve, and they they go back down to the bottom. And there's at least three of these in there. So you know your your plants are getting bombarded from light from the you know from the side, from yeah. above and below. I don't see why they couldn't be used for any vegetable you care to grow. I mean, certainly if they grew cannabis, which loves sunshine, then they are set to have enough light to grow cannabis. Then tomatoes, squash, corn, if you got peppers. the room, anyway, peppers, mm-hmm. yeah, things like that, flowers, sure, I don't see why it couldn't be. Okay, well, I, I promise you now that I'm retired and I have a little bit more time on my hands, I will report back to Ashley and let her know in a few months when I pull off my uh, first tomato, and hopefully in March. That's yeah. great, please do. <laughs> I will. I will. And and again, congratulations to both of you. And uh, I look forward to hearing Ashley and occasionally from Walter kicking in on the side. Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> thanks, calling. Thanks, Pat. Pat. Good great. luck. We really do appreciate that. Neat. Tom in Roswell, Georgia. Join us on Lawn and Garden. Tom, good morning. Good morning. Hey. Um, first of all, I moved here in 1999. I've been listening to this radio station ever since. And the only reason why I'm a first-time caller is because <laughs> most of my answers were answered by people calling in and asking uh, questions. Yeah, you let other people do your work for you. I let other people do my dirty work. And the guy <laughs> who just the guy you were just talking to sounds like the guy from Breaking Bad. I mean, <laughs> oh, how funny! <laughs> you know, but you, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I've learned so much coming from an apartment in Chicago that the most grass mm-hmm. I had was in my windowsill. Right. Or you're so, trying one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> my question is: When I moved here. My house, my little ranch house in Roswell, sits on about an acre. I says, I got to do something with this place. 
So I started planting some dwarf willows. They did really, really good. And last year, I noticed that only half of the tree bloomed, and the other half looked like it was dead. When you say dwarf so, willows, what are you talking about, um, Tom? I'm not sure I know what you mean when you say dwarf willow. I think he was saying weeping willow, but weeping willow doesn't have flowers on it. Well, it does. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, they, they bloom for little, little pink flowers. These oh, things, oh and they, so you had one weeping. pussy willow or one of the other small willows. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that's what they called them when I bought them. Okay. They called them dwarf willows. They're not going to grow too tall. They only grow about maybe 13 feet. Yeah. Um, and so, so now I noticed that last year I didn't get a full bloom on all the tree. And some of the twigs and some of the some, some of the, um, the vines on it, I can just break right off. They yeah. were, like, dried out. So I don't know what to do, and I don't want to lose them because they are beautiful. I would say that's normal behavior, Tom. Normal behavior for willows. Pussy willow, weeping willow, all the willow family get cankers and leaf bugs, leaf uh, munchers, leaf tires, and different diseases to get on them. And so they tend to decline after some years of good service in the landscape. So what you do is you take the branches that are brown and cut them out and see what happens to it next. If it re-sprouts from the ground, great. Sometimes they do. If it continues to die off, well, you got an opportunity to grow some more, put another one in the place. Okay, because I do, I have an irrigation system for them during the summer because yeah. it does get really hot and it, they're in full sunlight. Yeah. And, but I make sure that they get watered, you know, three times a week um, and get enough water. And, and, you know, the soil is really good around that area because I actually re-landscape that whole area and I put some zoysia emerald, they call it sure. down. Yeah. It looks like golf grass. Yeah, but still, and, there were insects that weren't affected at all by the uh, by the irrigation. It could have been diseases that were not affected or maybe were exacerbated by the irrigation. So it's just the nature of the beast, Tom. I don't know that there's anybody who has a weeping willow or a pussy willow or any of the shrub willows that have lasted more than, I don't know, for weeping willow trees, I've seen some of them for the last 20 or 20, 20 to 25 years sometimes. But the pussy wow. willows and the shrub willows, 10 years is about all you're ever going to get out of it. So do I, um, once once that happens and they don't bloom anymore, I have to take them out? Cut them out. Cut them out and replant. Yep. Wow, I didn't know that. I thought they were forever. Like, uh, a, a funny story. Nothing is forever, funny... Tom. Come on. Nothing <laughs> yeah. is well, forever. Yeah, I, I, I know that. But see, the funny story about that is right before I planted it, I had this, and I know what it is now, uh, Japanese maple, Yeah, a giant Japanese maple. And I had these two large trees next to it. So I started cutting down the Japanese maple, and the lady across the street comes running over. She goes, what are you doing? I says, well, this little tree is in the way of these two big trees. She goes, no, yeah. cut the pines. Yeah, <laughs> so I that's guess so. Well, Tom, I need to yeah, interrupt. So, we got a red alert going on. So thanks for this call. Let's go to Mike Thank you very Shields much. And I'm going to miss you. Mike Shields. This is a traffic red alert from 95.5 WSB. That's right, 643 in the Cool Ray Carrier WSB 24 hour. Traffic Center red alert continues getting into Buckhead, Georgia 400 northbound, just north of I 85. It's shut down with a crash and crash investigation. This has been going on for about an hour now. You can use Peachtree Road, Piedmont Road, or Lennox Road as alternates around this. Once again, red alert continues. Crash investigation has all lanes shut down. Georgia 400 northbound, just north of I-85 getting into Buckhead. Use P- 
Peachtree Road, Piedmont Road, or Lenox Road as alternates. I'm Mike Schultz, 95.5 WSB. Thank you, Mike. We do appreciate your hard work early, early on a Saturday morning. But Ashley, you were in this past week in the traffic center. How many? How early did you come in? Mm, I usually get in the traffic center about 4 a.m. Mm, oh, boy. Yeah. And it was a rainy week. Yeah. Equals so, very bad traffic, week yeah. in Metro Atlanta. Yeah. Yesterday another, was peaceful, though. It was good. Another another wreck down at uh, 675 and 75 South. Yes. Yeah, so Channel 2 did a feature on that once I brought it to their attention. That's That's got to be, I mean, I literally have kept track via social media, seven or eight tractor yeah. trailers that have gone off the road in that specific place since October, 75 South, right before 675 merges on. If you drive through there, you see nothing but a muddy pit over to the right and tire track. So, I mean, there's tractor trailers that are constantly having to get fished out of that area. So we're still investigating yeah. what the cause may be. But the traffic team will keep up with it. You, you know, know we, you, you know, know we will. Marion in Grantville, Georgia. Hey, Marion, good morning. Marion, oh, Marion. I think Marion has gone to sleep. So let's go to <laughs> John in Covington. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning, John. Hey, John. Uh, hey, man. If you don't yeah. answer, I'll sing, so watch out. Uh, first off, on behalf of about, uh, let's say, 897,572,000 plants that you've had uh, a chance to help and propagate over a period of time, and on uh, probably uh, 875,000 people that you have been able to uh, help over a period of time, uh, we'd like to thank you for your great endeavors and what you've done. You thank have you literally changed the landscape of the, the state of Georgia and probably some other places as well. A couple of people tell me that, but I don't know. Maybe, I maybe think one so. Or two, two or three. I think John's I think, numbers are spot on. I, well, I, I think it's a low number, but I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> uh, uh, well, anyway, what I, my, my question is, is uh, I'm particularly interested in soils and, uh, and that, uh, 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 let's say, uh, potting soils. Yeah. Uh, does one size fit all? For example, I think Miracle Girl has one in the green bag uh, that is pretty good. But, uh, you know, what's the best? If I was going to buy some potting soil, what would be the best one? Or what would I find out some additional information on the best to do for my particular situation? Generally speaking, John, potting soils, they're not all the same because of different ingredients and different organic you know, matters that they're all uh composed of but like if you were to, i mean the the most stark difference that i could think if you're planting succulents or something like that where maybe there's more peat moss in the soil or something to make the soil more breathable versus just your general garden variety potting soil to use for you know just plants and flowers and things like that so what are you looking to plant well uh probably flowers oh okay it's general then general potting soil would be fine i think mm-hmm the, as, okay, as, well, as you said, if you said cactus or succulents or jade plants or something like that, then you use the, the lighter soil that's more breathable. But I think for regular flowers, yeah, just any potting soil, but sort of tend, John, towards the more expensive than the cheaper. The cheaper stuff tends to pack down and not behave like it ought to. But the more expensive stuff, miracle Grow is fine. People that are more expensive than miracle Grow even are great potting soils, but don't go the, don't go, don't go the cheap route. Two dollars a bag is way too cheap. Yeah, I understand that. That's that's what I was uh, asking for because uh, there are different amenities that goes in it. Yeah, and I didn't know which is you know uh, which is the best one. I think some of the things that I like like to have in there is fertilizer. I like the potting soil that have fertilizer in them. I like the ones that have the water holding capacity has little gel things in them. 
Uh, what else ashes can we look for? I think mm-hmm. there's actually a seal on some of them that says approved by the Soil and Mulch Council of America. Oh, wow. Like that. I think Never looked that closely. There. Yeah, look at that and see, too. And just a reminder, too, John doesn't sound like a beginner by any means, but when potting flowers or plants or anything like that, it is key to make sure that there are holes and proper drainage in the yeah. bottom of the pot because you will get decorative pots from time to time and see that they don't have drainage holes at all. And a lot of gardeners will forget to look for that. Just go ahead and throw it. And then, you know, root rot or something will... Yeah. You'll see the onset of that and wonder, well, what happened? It's the pot. Yep. That's a great tip. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ashley. It's 648. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. Welcome back to Lawn and Garden here at 654 on a Saturday morning. It's going to be chilly. The cold is here, I think, to stay. A stray morning shower, maybe, a light afternoon shower. High of around 54, lows in the mid-30s. And tomorrow it's going to be sunny and breezy. Highs only reaching around 46, lows 27. So you've definitely got to bring the plants in before tomorrow. Weather brought to you by Finley Roofing, and Kirk Mellish will be along in just a few minutes with a complete forecast here on 95.5 WSB. And in the next hour, we're going to be giving away a weekend prize pack. Oh, that's right. We've got the weekend, nice weekend prize pack. Yeah. Two, yep, two a concerts. Twofer, a twofer. Awesome. Jim and Marietta joins us. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, sir. How you doing, Jim? Fine. I just wanted to mention to you, my, my father's family were the first and largest peach growers in Spartanburg County, South Carolina. Yeah. The soil and the uh, climate conditions were ideal. And uh, they used to, they, they had an army of migrant workers, and I used to work at those packing sheds, and that was a hot job. Hot, sticky, nasty. <laughs> and they used to ship peaches uh, down to Charleston, South Carolina, and the South Carolina Peach Growers Association marketed all the peaches, and sure. they'd go to Europe. How did your parents, how did your dad come to be in South Carolina, Jim? That's where I grew up. Yeah, but why did he come there to grow peaches? What was his motivation? Did he just see that the soil was better, or why did he want to grow peaches? Well, it was my father's brothers. Three or four brothers were in it together. My father was was a doctor. Oh. I live about 50 miles from Spartanburg, and I used to work up there in the summers with him. Uh, but uh, the best peach, in my opinion, was Alberta peach. It had a small pit, and, man, they were really great peaches. And uh, I just wanted to mention that to you. Uh, and then the industry came, and they bought up a lot of the land. It's not near the, what the peach, grow peaches up there now like it used to be. Jim, I'll but, say that my skin itches just on the basis of this call. I feel a little itch around my stomach where there's little hairs on the peach tree which collect when I was picking peaches and canning peaches with my mother. It's one of the most <laughs> miserable feelings in the world to feel those peach yeah. hairs on your skin. Huh. But it's, it was, uh, it was uh, quite a life up there. <laughs> yeah, quite a life. Jim, I appreciate yeah, the call. Time. Thanks for letting us know about that. South Carolina is a great peach producer. Spartanburg and Spartanburg, Greenville, right, Greenville, just straight right. northeast from Atlanta. So. Even Mexico and Texas now produces a lot of peaches as well. It's 658 News Talk WSB, 658 at 95.5 WSB. We'll be back after news.